Fox in the Box. Fox in the Box, επεισόδιο 20. Καλώς ήρθατε. Ε, ξεχωριστό επεισόδιο σήμερα. Έχουμε έναν νέο φίλο μαζί μας. Θα είναι το πρώτο κιόλας αγγλόφωνο, αγγλόφωνο podcast που θα κάνουμε. Μαζί με τον γνωστό δημοσιογράφο στα θέματα Μπαρτσερώνα, τον Ράφαελ Ερνάντες, που ήταν επικεφαλής του ενός γνωστού site που συσχετιζόμενο με την Μπαρτσελώνα τα προηγούμενα χρόνια του Group 14. And, uh, so, Ράφαελ, uh, uh, welcome to Fox in the Box. Thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. Glad uh, to have you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Rafa, uh, can you tell us uh, about yourself? Yeah, so I started, uh, I started watching football a long time ago, over 20 years ago. And it was, of course, Barcelona because of Romario and Hivaldo. And Are you Brazilian? Are you Brazilian? Yeah, yeah it's a long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. Are you from Brazil? Yeah, yeah. I, I am yeah. based in Sao Paulo, Brazil right now. Okay. And... That's the accent, actually. <laughs> in yeah. the names. In the names. It's obvious. Yeah, absolutely. And basically, I've been I've been covering football on social media mm-hmm. for 10 years already, almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And of course, mainly Barcelona. And one thing that really stands out uh, for me is that when Bartomeu actually used, uh, used the club's money to attack people on social media, he actually had a diagram with my Mm-hmm. With, with my profile pic and some of my other friends too so it, this was really interesting to yeah. to know okay. that a, a guy yeah a guy in brazil a guy very far away from barcelona is actually making a big difference for the for the best of the club so yeah it was so really you're fantastic. like an insider right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't like calling myself an insider because okay, yeah, insider yeah, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly because it, it, it kind of becomes a, a little bit pejorative because of the the in the know thing, the ITK thing on Twitter. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that I, I understand the club. I, I am in a privileged position to understand the club better for sure. Okay, you, mm-hmm. you put it better than me, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, okay. Rafa, can I, can I ask you, uh, how old are you? I am 29. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, I am 29 too. I'm 28, actually. so yeah. Basically <laughs> the same thing, but okay. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 are, we are almost near our, our retirements, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, we are fine, we are fine. Have you ever lived in Barcelona? No, actually, I have never been to, oh, to okay. Barcelona. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so why Barcelona? FC Barcelona. Yeah, it it has to be Barca because of the the whole the whole history that the Brazilians have at the club. It mm-hmm. always about it's always about that mm-hmm. because I even before I actually liked football, I already liked Romario because I, mm-hmm. my people from my family simply dislike football. Yeah. And but yeah, but I I was already really fond of Romario and then I started watching some Barcelona matches because of Hivaldo. Hivaldo mm-hmm. is someone that I met before mm-hmm. accidentally on one of my birthdays. So it's, oh, it's mm. yeah, nice. it's, yeah, yeah, it's basically this kind of thing that it, it it kind of is destiny, right? Yeah. So yeah, so basically, my my passion for Barca started with with Rivaldo, but really 
really took uh, a lot uh, a lot more of my life a lot more of my dedication and passion mm -hmm. uh, when when Ronaldinho joined and he started to change the club for the better yeah. and I think that that was the point that everything changed for me okay so this is going to be the club of my life that this is going to be the club that I'm going to stick forever okay let me ask you something Rafael uh, yeah. because uh, before we ah. get into no sorry The other one, the Brazilian yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> Before we get into Barcelona things deeper, uh, do you support any other clubs in the world or in Brazil or just well, Barcelona? Well, honestly, people ask me me that a lot, but dedicating myself to a, to a single club already takes a lot of my time, honestly. And I, and I can't really say that I'm a diehard, a diehard yeah. supporter of any other club in the world, but I... But I really, I, I really am fond of Corinthians here in Brazil, mm -hmm. and of course Celtic in Scotland. But mainly oh. because of their history, you know, the the golden years with Jock Stein and everything. But okay. honestly, if if I am to really define myself as a football fan, it's it's mainly Barcelona and and the history of football as a whole. Okay, okay. Um... First of all, uh, about Rivaldo, uh, we had Rivaldo uh, in Greece. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you, if you know it. Uh, at uh, he played at uh, Olympiakos and uh, Ike Athens also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew that he played for Olympiakos. Yeah, okay. and uh, about uh, Brazilian players and uh, Barcelona, I have to say that uh, Ronaldinho uh, is my best football player. My, my favorite uh, football player. Yeah, I think that Ronaldinho really changed things for everyone. It really left a mark in our lives because mm -hmm. Messi will always be Messi, but Ronaldinho is basically the man that made us love football. I, exactly. I think it's, yeah. it's really with his passion, thing. actually. Yeah, exactly. And his talent. Yeah. <laughs> his uh, whole skills. Um, Rafa, uh, do you know to tell us? Uh, Uh, your opinion uh, about the uh, European Super League and the, yeah, so, and the, and the, the, the whole uh, for the whole story. Yeah, honestly, I, uh, if you if you follow me on Twitter, I think that some people do, some some don't. Yeah, so people know that I actually took a very different uh, st stance from everyone else in actually supporting the Super League. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's a great idea, and I know that saying this after the whole fallout of the whole the, of the whole thing, mm -hmm. like now that every now that everything simply crashed and burned, it's it puts me in an even uh, hard, uh, difficulty, uh, even tougher position. But mm -hmm. I have to be honest with myself; I can simply pretend that I changed my mind. But honestly, the way that the Super League was announced was really catastrophic. And mm -hmm. the, big, the big problem was absolutely that from a PR, from a public relations standpoint, it was one of the worst disasters that I ever seen. Yeah. And I, I actually work with marketing too, marketing mm -hmm. mainly on social media and building and web design in general. Mm -hmm. So... I actually, I actually have a lot of interest in marketing in, in general. So like Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, company that, that George Mendes owns called Polaris and all of that. So it's something that really interests me. And it's interesting too to see that all of these powerful people, all of these billionaires, uh, all of these owners of 
the biggest football clubs in the world simply didn't have any tactfulness. Mm -hmm. They simply didn't care about anything. They simply announced something uh, at the end of Sunday. So in, at night, it doesn't make any sense. And the way that Florentino Perez simply went on live on the radio and on a, on the TV show, Shiringuito, was simply stupid the way that he referred to everyone. So basically, it was like the man was acting like he was better than everyone and Duefa was going to have to bow down to him and the whole of, of the football world too. Mm -hmm. So the way that they decided to do things was simply catastrophic yeah. but i ex i actually exposed my opinion on why i think the, the super league is a good idea mm -hmm. simply because people people like to say some people actually said that they saved football football fans saved football but i think that the time to save football was actually 30 years ago not now <laughs> everything yeah absolutely everything changed everything changed when the with the Bosman ruling and then the super clubs and the rebranding of the European Cup to the and the money in the market, right? I mean the prices of the footballers as well. I think that you mean, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And and the rebranding of the Division One in England to the Premier League, together with Sky, and simply changed the whole the whole landscape of football. So at that point, football started to be one hundred percent about the money. It wasn't about uh, an entertainment uh, entertainment anymore or, or anything else. So the time to say football, I think that really passed. But the way that they announced and tried to implement the Super League wasn't the best way. I would have actually liked them if they had announced the Super League in a different way. Basically, you have the you have the founding members that that's earned. I, I would say it's fine. But the founding members, they only have one season to stay in the Super League. And I would say that it would be better if you qualify for the Super League every season rather than already being there just by existing. I would say it's it's very unfair. But the, but you. the whole format with uh, with ten team uh, with two groups of ten teams, I would say it was very well thought out. It it wasn't a bad thing. But how they announced the whole implementation of it, it was basically a golden opportunity for the billionaires and the and the big powerful people at the big clubs to to change everything and basically make football football independent from UEFA independent from FIFA so i would say if these people had a little bit more patience like they had waited for another 5 or 10 years first they could have unseated UEFA and then later they could have simply broke off to create a super league so you could have something like the Super League at the top and then the Champions League and the Europa League. But overall, yeah, it was really a poor decision on how they announced they implemented it. And it was clear from the start that the, the Chelsea and Manchester City, they only joined in because they feared to be left out. Yeah. So the moment that they saw any kind of opposition, it was the moment that they simply pull out and you have the, the matter too. You are angry in UEFA who are a billion dollar uh, organization. They're really rich too. And you are actually angering to the, the broadcast companies. You have, you, you, you have BN, you have Sky, you have NBC, all of these billion dollar broadcasters. Mm. So yeah, the, these people weren't going to take a hit and simply bow down. So it was really poorly planned and they, and they paid for it. And it's really unfortunate too, because I think that 
the the Super League idea it's definitely not going to die. I don't think it's it's going to. But I agree with you. Yes. Perez yeah, said it, the same thing actually, so I think it's official. Yeah. Either we agree or not. <laughs> it's, it's not the end yeah. of, the, of the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it, so these people think... aren't going to be aren't aren't going to be given up. I wouldn't. Uh, I would say it's not one hundred percent about the money, as people say, but the amount of money that was involved, if the rumors are to be believed, around around seven hundred million euros to each participant. If this is real, we don't know if it's legit or not because we have said we have seen claims for uh, from the from the newspapers like Der Spiegel saying that th- that this was going to be the payment, but Der Spiegel aren't 100% trustworthy a- as they were before. They-, they were involved in some scandals in the 2010s. So it- it's, a lot of, it's-, it's a lot of a matter of politics too. We, don't, we-, we cannot forget that the broadcasters have a-, a-, a lot of sway too in the newspapers. So basically this was a battle that was lost from the beginning. And, and now um, I think that the, the, this iteration of the Super League is absolutely dead. I don't think it's going to happen like this. But it's interesting to see that Barca, Real Madrid and, and Juventus are still in the league. It's like they are waiting the, the other clubs to actually pay the fines. If, if these fines actually exist, we don't know for sure. Perez only mentioned them without giving any, any details. We have had some reports too of 130 million, but I'm not sure of that too. So it's we, we actually, it was simply a, a complete failure on communication. They didn't have any, any kind of transparency and they simply paid for it because if you ask an average, an average person mm-hmm. walking down the street on London, that is also a football fan, of course, uh, this guy, he's he's likely going to say that he thought that the Super League was going to kill the leagues and everything else, but it was only going to be a, a midweek tournament. And there was a lot of misinformation. It, and it was just very poorly executed. Mm-hmm. So, Rafa, you think uh, that they didn't, as you said, they didn't communicate it well. But do you think that they organized it well? I mean, to put it like uh, in public on Sunday night. Uh, I think it, the whole organization, it's uh, like having some holes in its situation, let's say. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's, it's very clear that this is an idea that Florentino Perez was working for a long time. I mean, sorry, I mean, the format is not clear. Even the format is not clear. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yes, absolutely. And if you look at the format, you had the 12 founding clubs, but, but how, how about the other eight? We didn't have any clarification of that. So, yeah, it was really confusing. And this is what you get because they weren't transparent. They didn't communicate things correctly. It was easy to distort that into a whole mess of people want to kill football. So, yeah, uh, I would say that the way that they did things was really poor. But so I believe... Uh, that uh, also I believe that uh, and, uh, it wasn't clear uh, how can how JP Morgan can uh, find uh, the money. Yes, yes, exactly. There were there was no transparency about that too. Maybe if they actually had announced some kind of funds to actually finance the the leagues and the lower leagues and the the weaker clubs uh, in other countries too. Maybe maybe they could have swayed more people. 
but the overall thing, uh, and I think that everyone really interpreted as, as that is basically these people, they want all the money from, for themselves and they're going to basically break away from the entirety of the sports and they're going to do their own thing forever and all of the money is going to be concentrated there. So yeah, it, it, it was just a, a whole mess. It's really hard to understand how how these people, they, they have so much money. They have the big, the, the best, the biggest and the best resources in the world. And they just did things so poorly. It's really inexplicable. It was simply amateurish. And maybe I think it's possibly a case of hubris. These people, they have so much power that they, they didn't think that UEFA or anyone could do anything about it. And being confident, being overconfident and underestimating your enemy, it was just uh, their biggest mistake. They couldn't think clear uh, because uh, of uh, of the money. I believe uh, that uh, it was uh, capitalism at, at its best. Yes, yes, exactly. It was simply money for the sake of money. We're not going to clarify anything. We own the biggest clubs in the world, and people are going to accept it as it is. And because we are who we are. <laughs> No, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> Simply, we are the biggest, we are the strongest, we are the biggest and nothing can, nothing can stop us. And this, this was really ridiculous. This was because it's, it's simply not the kind of thing that, that you can simply do because football is actually of the interest of not only a lot of people with money, as I said, like the broadcasters and UEFA, FIFA, but there's, there's literally billions of people that love football. So you can simply take, you, you can simply try to do something that looks like you're trying to take it away from them and people are not going to stay quiet about that especially the english fans they they actually they actually go into the to the stadiums to protest to, to protest was really interesting to see even during the pandemic and it's it, it's this kind of thing that, that maybe the super league is going to to lead to some more positive changes in the sport maybe UEFA will be will be more contested in the future maybe the Glazers are going to be forced to sell Manchester United maybe Kroenke is going to finally leave Arsenal but I don't know I wouldn't count on it because these people these people they don't have anything to lose because no matter how many protests happens at Old Trafford we know that if the owners don't want to sell no one is going to make them to Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, we have uh, the, state, the statement of uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, Karl Heinz Rummenigge said that uh, these big clubs um, should uh, decrease uh, the, the, their costs, uh, the costs of uh, the whole football, in order to to to, to be to, to be more uh, sustainable and more yeah, competitive. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I okay. would say. That- Yeah, I would say that Bayern Munich was really smart about the whole thing because they were clearly invited. If we are to believe the reports that they were actually they were not only invited, but they were they were already studying how to get in mm-hmm. without uh, any trouble. And basically they, they were very prudent because they just waited for the announcements to see how it was going to be received. And the moment that they saw it was a PR disaster. Mm-hmm. It was clear that the Bayern Munich hierarchy was just going to to, to take a, a strong stand against it because it's just a big PR win for the club and it puts Bayern in a very strong position like, okay, Bayern are, aren't going to abandon Germany or German football 
they they do, uh, basically it do, it doesn't generate uh, any kind of attrition that would actually damage Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. the you have the situation of let's say that if Bayern was involved in the breakaway, there there could be a lot of resentments among the Bundesliga clubs, and they they could start to refuse to sell players to the club, and it's all kinds of problems. And Bayern were really really smart, and PSG was more of a they they basically the PSG made basically made made the right choices with the hand that they had because Perez was really clear that they didn't even invite PSG because you have to understand that the the same people that own PSG, basically Qatar, they actually own the Bean Sports too and Bean Sports have the rights of the Champions League. So they can simply, uh, they can simply take the, their club that is owned by a broadcaster and, okay, they take it to the Super League, it, didn't, it, it wouldn't make any sense. It would be actually impossible. Mm-hmm. And imagine that PSG is part of the Super League. They would have attrition with FIFA right before the World Cup. And we know there's a lot of pressure already for the, for the, the World Cup to not happen in Qatar, even though we know it's going to be. So basically, PSG made the, the best of their hand that they had. And now we have Al-Khalifi in the as the head of the European Clubs Association. So actually, I would say that the, the football, the European football is still in very, in very bad hands at all levels. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Understand. Uh, okay. What? What do you think? I, I wanted to ask some, something. Uh, in order to put it more Barcelona way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wanted uh, your opinion, actually, Rafael. Uh, you're Barcelona, right? It is good about PR or not in general to be allies with your enemy, uh, Florentino Perez, uh, in this whole situation. I mean, Barcelona is a club with a big his fans history, actually, that they, they want uh, their fans' uh, opinion. So if you are going to be alive with your worst enemy, let's say, uh, I think the PR thing is kind of mess. <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes, I know, I know exactly what you mean, and I and I completely agree. But I think that Laporta was actually he was really smart because he was he was elected less than two months ago, as we all know. And basically, we already knew that Bartomeu had already signed to be part of the Super League. But Laporta asked of, of Perez basically to that Barcelona would only be part of the Super League if the if the club members actually approved uh, approved it on assembly. So he already had a win with the with the with the Barcelona fans as a whole. But and Laporta was also very clear into in saying that Barca needs money. They need to find ways to make more money because of the the risk of bankruptcy even though i w- i would say there's no risk of bankruptcy anymore it's more of a, a, a risk of short term liquidity just basically needing money in short term for like the next the next two years but overall uh, he was really smart and we already saw the 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 wefa president seferin actually saying that laporta wasn't to blame he was just he, he was just elected and not only that so basically Laporta played UEFA he played Florentino Perez and 
now, now we already know from the leaks too that uh, Laporta actually warned Javier Tebas, the La Liga's president, that the Super League was coming and Tebas actually told UEFA about it so UEFA could be prepared beforehand. So basically Laporta managed to satisfy and benefit everyone, all sides of the of this conflict. So so Barcelona wouldn't be in trouble. So overall, I would say he was really, really smart. I, I don't have anything negative to say about what, what, he, what, what he said after the Super League was announced. And one of, one of, his, one of the things that he said was actually taken out of context. He, he, never, he, he never said that the Super League was, uh, as it is, was an absolute necessity, but that Barcelona needed to change to actually make more money. So... I would say he was really smart, and this is exactly the kind of president that we need. Imagine if Bartomeu was still in power when the when the Super League was yeah, announced. Okay. Yeah, course. basically no one. Yeah, no one respects yeah. Barcelona. We, we we are we already have a very uh, a very uh, a big uh, big institutional problems uh, with our relationship with FIFA and UEFA, and then Bartomeu would do this. I would say that Barca would be completely burned at every at every level, every relationship with every big and powerful institution and other big clubs too. So I would say it was a blessing that the elections were delayed in the end. We actually fought a lot for the elections to not be delayed, but in the end, it really benefited us to not lose more from the Super League than, than we would have. Uh, <laughs> Rafa, I have a tricky question for you. Uh, as I have already told you, uh, I am reading your posts, your articles uh, all uh, these years, and uh, also uh, now I'm uh, listening to, to your podcast. Uh, so I know your opinions. So, uh, do you believe that uh, Victor Font uh, would uh, do the same, uh, the same uh, uh, movements uh, as Laporta already have done? Yeah, I don't think so. Because I've, I, I've actually supported fonts for the Barcelona presidency for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually cha- changed my mind to Laporta in like the final month of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Because what I, I actually talk, I actually talk with Victor a lot. And I think that he has many great ideas for the future of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But one thing that really stood out for me was how naive and inexperienced that Victor was. Mm-hmm. in terms of politics and the way that he gave many interviews, actually leaving a lot of room to be misin- misinterpreted mm-hmm. and manipulated, you know, distorted, twisted. Yeah. So yeah. basically, he, he simply doesn't have the, the political experience that Laporta has, simply because Laporta has been working with this for over 20 years. So it's, it's, it's simply impossible for Victor to, to be yes. on the same level uh, as Laporta. To catch up this difference, let's say. Yes, yes, exactly. It's it, it's simply it's simply a matter of experience. I, I wouldn't hold it, I wouldn't hold it against him. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that he, he would have done things different differently. Absolutely, he would have asked the the members to actually vote for the Super League or not. Not. I'm confident that he would. But yeah, if Victor would have agreed with the with the super league too because he's something he's someone that that he 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 looks at 10 15 years in the future he's really good at it and i would say the super league is going to happen eventually so he would mm. work on not actually missing out yeah okay 
and uh, let's say maybe Victor Font uh, uh, would be the right person after uh, Jean Laporta. Yes, yes, exactly. I, mm-hmm. I, I would say that six years from now, uh, Victor mm-hmm. is going to have a lot more experience that he has right now. Absolutely, yes. without a doubt. And then maybe he's going to be he's going to become a great successor to Laporta. But ideally, I would say that Laporta does a good job for six years and actually stays at the club for another six years, even even though it's not possible right now according to the club's uh, legislation. He would have to change that. But overall, yes, absolutely, I would say that Victor is a good shout for for. Uh, for the Barcelona presidency in the in the in the in the upcoming years. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, so, if uh, we can continue, I have uh, some other questions. First of all, uh, what about Lionel Messi and uh, his contract? Yeah, the the moment that Laporta was elected and the way that he hugged Messi, the way that he spoke about Messi. Mm-hmm. I think it's a given that Messi is going to stay. I, I, I don't even actually stop to think about it anymore. I really mm-hmm. think he's going to stay because the things at the club, the, like the whole atmosphere of the club is now something that he's more comfortable with. There's no conflict. Mm-hmm. Since Laporta was elected, we didn't have a single controversy at the club. I would say that's absolutely fantastic because during the Bartomeu era, we simply had problems every week. It was awful, honestly. Yeah. Your put yeah. is perfect. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Well, I, I would say that peaceful times are much better, even with even if we get more uh, less attention from the football world, because we we have to focus on the pitch. I would say that everyone that's a football fan wants to see things happening on the pitch. They don't they don't want to talk about politics or anything like that. And Barca sometimes is a little bit of a pain. To actually, mm-hmm. to actually deal with this whole package of things, a lot of the Catalan politics, the independence movement, the, the whole thing sometimes is very tiresome for, from people, especially from those that aren't from, from Barcelona or Spain itself. So, yeah, as a whole, I think Messi is going to stay. We already, have, we already had some decent to reliable reports that Messi is going to sign a two-year contract and he's going to to actually earn his wages in a he's going to obviously lower his wages but he he's going to be paid in in a different way in installments so this is all very interesting and yeah i think messi is going to stay especially because the the way of the that psg and manchester city are behaving there, there, there's simply no interest on messi anymore okay, i wanted to ask a question before uh... Rafa asked you this one, but now it's better to ask it. Uh, Do you think that during the summer transfer window, Laporta is going to make some additions in order to help uh, Messi to... Actually, not only Messi, Barcelona to be competitive uh, next year. I mean, how do you see uh, the next day in Barcelona according to the team? Yeah, so right now we know for sure that the club doesn't have money. It has a lot of it has a lot of debts that it needs to repay until August. It's a reality, and we know that Laporta is negotiating with Eric Garcia mm-hmm. to join for free. And there are the Aguero rumors too. Aguero, I would say, given the rumors, is a 
is a possibility, if not a given, because he's he's also close to Messi. He would be the kind of he would be a, a better forward than than what we have right now. He's not ideal, I would say, especially depending on his wages. But you don't say, you don't say names. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, uh, maybe maybe Memphis Depay because Koeman asks him for him all the time. We don't know if if Koeman is going to stay next season. Yes, I would say that perhaps he will, perhaps he won't, because he's. I would say that overall he he's doing a decent job this season, but I don't think that he's the right guy to like bring Barcelona forward beyond the season. You know, I would say I would bring some other coach. But overall, yeah, I would say that uh, I think that we can write off any kind of expensive signings unless we make sales. So maybe there are, there are rumors we we actually get. But I really don't believe it. And Laporta actually has bigger problems to deal right now than, than, than signings because the financial situation of the club is really poor. And now the Super League mess too. So yeah, it's been one distraction after another, and of course the the league challenge too, with only six matches remaining. Okay, uh, about the the coaching staff, uh, what's your opinion about the uh, Ronald Koeman decision? Yeah, so as as I said, I really don't believe that Koeman should should stay. Mm-hmm should stay beyond the season I, I i simply don't think that he he is qualified to be the barcelona the barcelona manage uh, manager in the long term even if this is very divisive mm-hmm. I, people think that i hate coeman but it's really not the case i just disagree with many of his methods like his today against Villarreal, he actually He actually subbed off Dest at, at halftime for Sergio Roberto, and that doesn't make any sense. It really weakened the team. And how he makes many simplistic decisions, uh, like Barca is, needs to hold on to a lead, so basically he subs on more centre-backs, or Barca needs a goal, so he, he subs on more attackers. Football is not that simple, not, not anymore at least. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really this kind of thing that I disagree with him. Okay, and if you ask me who I would bring for next season, ideally I would bring Julian Nagelsmann, but we already mm-hmm. know for a fact that he's definitely going to Bayern, so it's a non-starter. Maybe maybe bring on Xavi or or, or someone like that. Maybe maybe promote Garcia Pimienta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, some something something like that. But asking for Koeman, it's It, it, it's it's very it's very hard to answer this question with, without a lot of controversy yes uh, about savvy uh, do you think he's ready ah yeah I, I would say that being ready for a job or not is very subjective mm-hmm. uh, yeah can can we can we really say that Guardiola was ready to take over Barcelona when he took over Yeah. When he started back in 2008, I would say no. And and Xavi, I would say that if if he was to take charge of Barcelona a, a year ago, or or in January two, uh, 2020, mm-hmm. as the and as Bartomeu tried to sign him, I would say it was too soon. But now that he has another uh, year of experience under his belt and everything, I would say it's worth risking it. He's not going to be ideal. He's not going to be our savior. Absolutely not. 
but mm-hmm. I think that he could he he could actually do a good job. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, and I have one uh, one more question. Um, what's your what's your prediction about the uh, decision of La Liga? Uh, okay, uh, in 45 minutes from now, uh, it's uh, the game uh, between uh, Athletic Bilbao and versus uh, Atletico de Madrid. Yeah. So yeah. So who's winning? I'm. I'm not actually. With... Let me see. Uh, it will start uh, in 45 minutes from now. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It's going to start yeah. in 45 minutes. I thought that there there was. We won. We won the. We won the prediction about the fine uh, the champion of yeah. the La Liga. Yes. Yes. So basically, yeah. I would say that right after we 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 lost the Clasico, I would say that we were definitely not going to win the league because it was really ugly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Real Madrid started slipping up and, and Atletico too. And I would say that, yeah, we can absolutely win the remaining six games because of Messi. I really believe on the guy. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole thing, really, I would say they're playing a lot, be- a lot better this year. Griezmann is performing well. Frankie has been incredible. Yes. Minguesa at the back with Piquet have been really good. Das too has been great. Busquets. So mm-hmm. overall, there are many good signs. Barca are a much better thing than Real Madrid. I'm absolutely sure of it. And Atletico Madrid aren't anything special right now. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that we can win the league. Will we win the league? Honestly, I don't know. If we, because as we saw against Getafe and Villarreal today, it's really tricky to say because Koeman makes some good decisions and then... And then things start to go badly in the mm-hmm. second half because he makes some wrong decisions. So, uh, the, and, and maybe uh, the the margins are too small. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, a single a single slip like a penalty or another defensive mistake, and we have made literally dozens of critical defensive mistakes this 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 league season could cost us the league. So. I'm really not sure that we if we are going to win the league, but I'm sure that Real Madrid isn't going to. So this is really between us and Atletico Madrid. Uh, most of the uh, most of the, the mistakes uh, were from uh, your favorite player, Clement Lallier. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I think nobody likes that guy, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly because. His final season at Sevilla, he was incredible, especially in the matches against Manchester United. He was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And we actually paid a very good price for him. Yes. And he had a, a great first season for us. But how he has simply simply went down on a, on a, on a very destructive spiral for the, for the last season and a half has been really worrying how he, ha- like how he has a mistake on him all the time. And he screwed up on both matches against PSG, both matches against Real Madrid and the, the Cadiz penalty. So he has made many, many big mistakes. And But I, perhaps I would still try to keep him at the club as a backup center back for the next, for the next season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because if Lengley is bad right now, you should see on Titi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. before <laughs> yeah, you, so, yeah. Before you go to Titi, uh, do you think it's about psychological issues or about experience? 
Yeah, I, I think... Your opinion, I, just, I mean, outside or inside the, the club, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Honest, honestly, I, I think it's I think it's completely psychological because everything that the club has has undergone for the past few years, it's not easy for the footballers to... The the Liverpool defeat was really calamitous, and then we had the the classical trashings, and most importantly, I think that the biggest mess of all was the Bayern Munich match, and overall, I would say that psychologically, many players are simply busted. Alba is still show Alba is actually have a is actually having a good season offensively, but he's been really poor at defending. So. Basically, yeah. I, I would say that I would give Lengley another season to see how he does before actually mm-hmm. trying to sell him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's completely psychological because he's a very good center back. We yeah. we, we we have already seen him playing at a good level. Yeah. So the 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 ability is there, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't have any kind of physical issues. So yeah, it, it's 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 down to his mentality. If if a, if a if a coach can actually rescue himself, yeah, <laughs> actually maybe, rescue him, I would say it's possible. Maybe he doesn't have a, a faith uh, himself, himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 really, many many of the many of the Barcelona players actually need psychological counsel mm-hmm. because things like the Anfield collapse and the Bayern Munich uh, match were were totally about the mental aspect of things rather than the technical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would say that Laporta is definitely working on that because during the campaign, he himself said that the, that the players needed more support. He's not going to overlook that, especially because Barca wasn't known to bottle mm-hmm. or throw leads away when Laporta was in charge. So he knows what's, what's necessary for the club. Yeah, yeah. So, but you don't think that Umtiti is in the same position? You said it's completely, completely other. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> Umtiti is absolutely done at the top level. I actually, right now, I don't think that Umtiti can even play at a mid-table club because, as we, uh, as as we all know, he should have operated his knee before the 2018 World Cup, but he actually refused to operate his knee out of fear. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, he won the World Cup. He played well. He even scored a key goal there. Uh, but he never recovered. And, and he's, he's having and he keeps having many physical difficulties and he keeps refusing uh, to get operated. And we, we had a, a really interesting report from Xavi Campos a few months ago that the, the medical staff at, at the club actually warned Bartomeu and Abidal to, to not renew Untiti's contract because mm-hmm. he had many physical, many, many physical issues. And the club simply didn't listen. And now we, we have what we have. Untiti's, Untiti's legs are simply done. It's really a shame because he had a really good first season for the club. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's all, uh, that's all from me. I don't know. And from uh, me as well. It was okay. more than enough. It was <laughs> like one-way podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And but... from the other side of the Atlantic, actually. Yeah, yeah, but no problem, guys. It was a pleasure being here. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to have you. We are very happy about uh, about our conversation. And personally, uh, I have to, to ask you, uh, have you ever been in Greece? Uh, 
no, I have never been to Greece, but I but I really want to because you you have of course Santorini. it's always the first. Yeah, it's it's always the first place that comes to to mind when I when we when you talk about Greece. But you have many wonderful places that that I want to visit because if you ask me. Do you want to visit England? Uh, England? I absolutely have no interest in visiting England right now. Greece, but I do it's have Greece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want, I, I want to, I want to visit Ukraine. I want to visit Greece. I want to visit Scotland. I want to, I, I want to visit uh, less, less cliche places. Even though I mentioned Santorini, because <laughs> yes. man, it's that if, that looks absolutely wonderful. You are If you ever come here, uh, we will go to other islands too that they have similar sunset yeah, yeah. to Santorini and, because Santorini is the more touristic place and everybody goes there. True that. Oh, okay. the... I, I, I prefer the more quiet places too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can arrange that. And uh, you are welcome anytime in Athens too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank, thanks a lot, guys. Really, really a pleasure being here. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, too and uh, thank, thank you very much uh, for the conversation uh, we are very happy that we have a new friend uh, especially from Brazil with uh, that we, we share uh, the same uh, passion to love uh, for uh, Barcelona and for and, football uh, in general yeah of Absolutely. course and uh, we, we will be very happy if uh, uh, can we manage to to plan uh, something uh, other uh, in the future. For sure, for sure, guys. But please to meet you, Rafa. Please to meet you, Elias. Please see you guys you. soon. See you, see you, Rafa. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care, bye. Have a good Sunday. Πάλι καλός. Ήτανε... Δεν είχε σταμάτη μόνο, νομίζω. Ήτανε ότι καλύτερο. Να κλείσουμε και εμείς να πούμε τα ελληνικά μας τώρα να μιλήσουμε για να συνεχίσουμε. Εντάξει, η αλήθεια ήταν χήμαρος ο Ράφα. Αλλά πολύ ευχάριστος, πολύ ευχάριστος. Νομίζω έχει να πει κι άλλα, τον αφήναμε. Καλά, καλά, δεν το σύμφω, εντάξει. Δεν είχε πρόβλημα σε αυτό. Να πούμε ότι με μεγάλη χαρά μας είπε κιόλα πριν ξεκινήσουμε ότι την ηχογράφηση αυτή θα την πάρει και ο ίδιος εντυμοσίευσης σαν δικό του podcast και θα σας δημοσιεύσουμε και τα δικά του, το, το, το δικό του podcast για να βρείτε και τα υπόλοιπα επεισόδια του. Αξίζει Γενικά. να τον ακολουθείτε για τα θέματα Μπάρτσα, εννοείται. Ναι, ναι εννοείται, διότι εντάξει, πέρα από το ότι είναι έγκυρος και έχει τις φυγές του, αυτό που είπα και στην αρχή ότι διατηρούσε και ένα από τα site που ήταν άμεσα σχετιζόμενο με το, με το club, ε, από μόνο του το προσ, η προσωπική του σελίδα έχει 70 κάτι χιλιάδες likes στο facebook, Ξέρω εγώ, κάτι τέτοιο. Στον Twitter, ε, εγώ δεν ξέρω, εσύ τα ξέρει για το Twitter. Δεν το θυμάμαι κι εγώ. Στο Facebook <laughs> και στο Instagram, αριθμό να το παρακολουθώ πιο πολύ. Ωραία. Ε, ξεκινήσαμε τώρα με την άποψή του για την European Super League. Όλο παραδόξω δεν είναι αρνητικό στην ιδέα, δηλαδή είναι θετικό στη δημιουργία μια τέτοια ενό τέτοιου project για την εσωτερία των ομάδων. Ε, βέβαια, διαφωνούσε πάρα πολύ στον τρόπο το, το, με τον οποίο. Προωθήθηκε και διαφημίστηκε η ιδέα αυτή. Πώ το επικοινωνήσανε και το μεγάλο του πρόβλημα ήταν το θέμα του PR, ότι δεν γίνεται Κυριακή βράδυ. Πώ το επικοινωνήθηκε, όχι διαφημίστηκε, λάθο εγώ. Δεν πειράζει. Κυριακή βράδυ να βγαίνει ο Πέρεθ να λέει ότι παιδιά ξεκινάμε ουσιαστικά. Ναι, ναι, ναι. ναι. Συμφώνησε μαζί μα στο ότι ακόμα και το φορμάτι τη Λίγκα δεν ήταν ξεκάθαρο και αποσυντώνησε ακόμα και αυτό, όπω και πολλά πράγματα που δεν ήταν. 
όπως και αναφορικά ε, με την άντληση των χρημάτων. Ναι, ότι αναφορικά. γενικότερα δεν ήταν πολύ έτσι έγκυρο και αξιόπιστο αυτό εκεί τον ίσχυμα. Δεν το επικοινωνήσανε αυτό σωστά ουσιαστικά, το transparency που έλεγε και ξανά έλεγε ναι. ε, ότι αυτό ήταν το μεγάλο τους λάθος. Ακριβώς. Ε, συνέχισε μετά, αν δεν κάνω λάθος, που τον ρωτήσαμε για την Bayern, ο Ραφαήλ. Ναι, ναι, ναι. Που είπε ότι το, το, ότι το χειρίστηκε πολύ καλά ο, ο πρόεδρος του Bayern mm-hmm. και είπε ότι αυτή τη στιγμή έχει και τους οπαδούς με το χέρι του γιατί, α, συγγνώμη, γιατί είπε ότι το χειρίστηκε σωστά γιατί mm-hmm. δεν έκλεισε την πόρτα μεν αλλά ήθελε να δει πώς αντιδράσουν οι υπόλοιπες ομάδες και οι υπόλοιποι οπαδοί ε, στο ευρωπαϊκό στερέωμα. Ε, και είπε ήταν, ότι πολιτική σίγουρα, κίνηση, ήταν πολιτική ναι, κίνηση. Ήταν ναι. πολιτική και πολύ στοχευμένη. Ε, ότι θα το εξετάσει η Bayern στο μέλλον. Γενικότερα, μια που το αναφέραμε και αυτό, δεν θεωρεί ότι έχει κλείσει το κεφάλαιο, όπως έχει πει και ο Φλωνεντίνο Πέρεθ. Ακριβώς, ακριβώς. Τι άλλο είπαμε. Α, είπαμε για τους Βραζιλιάνους παίχτες. Τα έχουμε λίγο αναγκατέψει, αλλά είπε για, Βρα... για την Καλά, αγάπη ναι. του. Εντάξει, εξυπακούεται. Αγάπη για τον Ρωμάριο, τον Ριβάλντο. Ήξερε και όλος τον Ριβάλντο έχει παίξει στον Ολυμπιακό. Η αλήθεια είναι για την Nike, δεν τον είδα να την πολύ ξέρει την Τέλο πάντων, το προσπερνάμε. Μόλι μου ήρθε και ο στο WhatsApp, Cheers for the chat, Ράφα. Ωραία, ωραία. Τι άλλο είπε, είπε ότι υποστηρίζει Corinthians, λίγο από τι Βραζιλιάνικε. Εντάξει, ναι, αλλά είναι dedicated του Barcelona 100%. Ναι. Και είναι και λίγο Celtic λόγω τη ιστορία, είπε. Ε, ναι, ναι, ότι... σωστό, σωστό. Και ενδιαφέρουσα αυτή η αναφορά για την Αθήνα Βραζιλιάνο για τη Σελίκ. Ναι. ναι, δεν το ε, περιμένει. Όχι, αλλά είναι ωραίο. Σημαίνει ότι όντω κοιτάζει και άλλα πράγματα στο. στο. Ναι, στο. Στο ποδόσφαιρο. Στο ποδόσφαιρο και στο background. Τι άλλα μα είπε. Κοίτα, μετά περάσαμε στην Παρσελόνα. Δεν μπορούσαμε να μην αφήσουμε στην Παρσελόνα. Η αλήθεια είναι. Τον ρώτησε αν θυμάμαι καλά πώς, είναι, πώς νιώθει εκείνο για το ότι ο Λαπόρτα έχει κάνει ουσιαστικά μια συμμαχία με τον Μπέρεθ mm-hmm. και λέει ότι είναι λογικό mm-hmm. με αυτά τα μεγέθη και ναι. ότι το ποδόσφαιρο θα έπρεπε ότι κακώς έχει, κάνουμε τώρα όλη αυτή την ανακατοσούρα να το πω λαϊκά και την αναμπουγκούλα και ότι έπρεπε να επαναστατήσουν οι οπαδοί 30 χρόνια πίσω με τις υπεραξίες στο χρημα, ε, ε, ποδοσφαιρικό χρηματιστήριο, συγγνώμη. Mm-hmm. Ε, τι άλλο, είπε πολλά, είπε πολλά. Μετά τον ρώτησα εγώ για τον, για τον φιναλίστ όσον αφορά την πρώτη για την Παρσανά, τον Βίκτορ Φόντ, αν πιστεύω ότι θα κάνει ναι. τα ίδια. Ενώ λίγες πιστεύω ότι θα κάνει τα ίδια, βέβαια δεν έχει, δεν έχει την εμπειρία και τις παραστάσεις του Λαπόρτα και συμφωνήσαμε στο ότι θα αποτελέσει το, το, τον επόμενο ενδεχομένο σπαρατοδό μετά τον ε, Λαπόρτα. Και ότι δίκαια έχασε, γιατί δίκαια δεν έχασε. Ναι. Μετά αναφερθήκαμε λίγο στο θέμα του προγονητή και στον Κούμαν ότι δεν ξέρει κατά πόσο θα, θα μείνει και του χρόνου και ότι αν ήταν στο χέρι του θα προτιμούσε να έρθει ο Νάγκελσμαν της Λειψίας ή ο Τσάβη ή να προωθηθεί ο, ο, παγωνι, ο, ο παγωνιτής της Βιταμάδας σε Μπαρσελώνα. Επίσης δεν είπε ότι ποτέ δεν είναι αργά ή νωρίς για αυτές τις δουλειές γιατί ούτε τον Κουαρτιόλα τον περιμέναμε όταν μεταφύγει στην πρώτη ομάδα. Ε, τον ρώτησε Ραφαήλ για το συμβόλαιο του Μέση Mm-hmm. Μα είπε ότι είναι σχεδόν πεπισμένος ότι θα, ότι θα, θα παραμειώσει για ακόμα ναι. δύο χρόνια και είναι πολύ χαρούμενος και συζητήσει με Λαπόρτα. Πολύ, πολύ πιο χαμηλό συμβόλαιο. Ναι. Αλλά ότι ο Λαπόρτα θα παίζει πολύ μεγάλο ρόλο σε αυτό, σαν την παραμονή του. 
Τον ρωτήσαμε ε... μετά για την ενίσχυση της ομάδας. Μας είπε ότι θα κινηθεί η ομάδα σε, σε ελεύθερες μεταγραφές γιατί τα οικονομικά είναι πολύ χαλιά. Τύπου Ερικ Γαρσία και Ντεπάι. Και Αγκουέρο που είπε ότι μάλλον θα παίρνει το ρόλο του ο Μέση. Σωστό, σωστό. Ε, τι άλλο μας είπε. Ε, μετά λίγο αναφερθήκαμε στο... Ε... Έτσι, όταν, όταν το είπα για τον Λάγκλε που τον πήκαρα ότι είναι ο αγαπημένος του παίκτης Εντάξει είπε ότι το, το παλικάρι έχει ικανότητε, Αλλά είναι ξεκάθαρο ότι είναι ψυχολογικοί οι λόγοι Οι οποίοι δεν, απο, δεν μπορεί να αποδώσει Και δυστυχώ έχει κάνει πολλά λάθη που έχουν κοστίσει Βέβαια προτιμά να μείνει αυτό σαν backup επιλογή παρά ο Μουτιτή Πιστεύει ότι ο Μουτιτή δεν έχει κάτι άλλο να προσφέρει Ότι έχει φτάσει τα βάνη, έχει καταστρέψει τα πόδια του Ακριβώ, ακριβώ. Α, τοποθετήθηκε επίση για τον Κούμαν και είπε ότι δεν σύμφωνα με κάποιε επιλογέ που είναι, να το πούμε στα ελληνικά, λίγο αψυχολόγητε. Όχι, δεν έχουν μία βάση. Αυτό είναι παγκόσμιο φαινόμενο. Στην προπονητική σου, όλα τα αθλήματα. Ναι. Τι άλλο μα είπε. Μα είπε ότι ξέρει τη Σαντορίνη. Μα είπε το Ιατέλιο Βασίλε με τη Σαντορίνη, ότι θέλει να έρθει και θέλει να επισκεφθεί και άλλε χώρε όχι τόσο εμπορικέ και ότι με χαρά θα ερχόταν. Υποκρανία, επισκοτία. Ναι. Ότι δεν θα ήταν σχολές του επιλογή σε Αγγλία. Ναι. Τι άλλο. Νομίζω ότι σε γενικές γραμμές και με μια έτσι διερμηνία, ναι. δεν πούμε. Ε... Εν ολίκης ήταν αυτά, αυτά το ζουμί της κουβέντας. Αλλά γενικά είναι απολαυστικός. Δηλαδή άμα ακούστηκε και, τα, και, τα, και το, το podcast ως συνολό του με τις εκπομπές του, να ξέρετε, ναι, δεν σταματάει εύκολα να μιλάει. Ναι. Αλλά... Το έχουν γενικά οι καλεσμένοι μα. Δεν ξέρω αν το έχει παρατηρήσει, Ραφαήλ. Ναι, εντάξει, ενδεχομένω του επιλέγουμε και εμεί για αυτόν τον λόγο. <laughs> πολύ πιθανό. Αλλά χαρήκαμε πάρα πολύ τον είχαμε και εγώ προσωπικά χαρήκα πάρα πολύ και τον παρακολουθούσα και με το που του έστειλε το μήνυμα με μεγάλη χαρά μέσα το αποκρίθηκε. Και εντάξει, χαιρόμαστε πάρα πολύ που τον έχουμε πλέον στι επαφέ μα, να το πω έτσι, και είμαστε σε yeah. πιο άμεση επικοινωνία πλέον. Και είναι και πολύ σημαντικό κιόλα που βλέπει λίγο. Ανεξάρτητα από τη... Out of the box. Αυτό. Ναι. Ότι έχει σφαιρική άποψη για τα πράγματα, είναι στη Βραζιλία, που ναι, δεν ναι, περιμένει ναι, ναι. εύκολα κάποιο από τη Βραζιλία να είναι η Μπαρσελώνα και να το κυνηγάει τόσο, δεν είπαμε. Προφανώς ναι. θα έχει supporters παντού η Μπαρσελώνα, αλλά να το κυνηγάει τόσο από το Σαο Πάολο, του δίνει έτσι ένα έξτρα πικάντικο, ας πούμε. Ακριβώς, ακριβώς, ακριβώς. ακριβώς. Αυτά. Από Α, αυτά τα λίγα και από εμά. Ε, θα επανέλθουμε. Καλό ε, Πάσχα. Καλό Πάσχα, ναι, δεν θα κάνουμε κάτι άλλο με αυτό Πάσχα. Νομίζω ότι με αυτήν την εκπομπή κλείνουμε και λίγο το, τη θεματολογία με την European Super League. Δεν χρειάζεται να βρεθούμε παραπάνω. Θα μας ακούσαμε πολλές απόψεις διαφορετικές. Αυτό. Ακούσαμε, ξε, ξεκινήσαμε, νομίζω... Εντάξει, ξεκινήσαμε στο live με την Πένια Δελμπάρτσα Θεσσαλονίκης. Ε, λίγο πιο παραδικά πλήρωτα της Βατσελώνα κιόλας. Και... Κάναμε μια γενική αναφορά. Μετά με τον Αλεξανδρό Βατίστα πήγαμε λίγο πιο βαθιά στο θέμα από. Επιχειρηματική άποψη. Επιχειρηματική επιστημονική οπτική, α το πούμε έτσι. Mm-hmm. Και από τον Ράφα σήμερα ακούσαμε, ακούσαμε μια άποψη πιο πολύ υποστηρικτική προ το project αυτό. Ναι. Που δεν είναι κακό να τι ακούμε όλε τι απόψει και το να διαφωνεί τέλειο είναι. Δεν θα πω απλώ. Ακριβώ, ακριβώ. Ελπίζουμε να σας άρεσε και εσάς και φυσικά περιμένουμε τα μηνύματά σας ως συνήθως για οτιδήποτε. Και προτάσεις και σχόλια και ερωτήσεις, ό,τι θελήσετε, όποτε θελήσετε, στη διάθεσή σας. Τα γνωστά. Fox in the Box, επεισόδιο 20, φτάνει στο τέλος του. 
Ευχαριστούμε πάρα πολύ. Θα σπηλάμε. Καλό βράδυ, Ραφαήλ. Καλό βράδυ, Γιάκο. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.